Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport, the record book. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another Game Day podcast. I'm Danny Kelly, as always, alongside me today to go through all of the weekend's performances, good, bad, and indifferent, and, of course, those of the week as well. Delighted to say Mark Webster, very much a regular. Hello, Mark. Hello, Dan, I see you. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, back by public demand, I think it's fair to say, uh, Chloe Petz, I want to make the point, comedian and... Everyone knows who Mark is. Um, comedian and Crystal Palace fan. The two things don't always overlap. Oh, Hello. no, no. Um, I, I mean, I think you have to have a good sense of humour to be a, a Crystal Palace oh, fan. That's probably it, well isn't it? Palace are safe. You can strut about again. <laughs> Another year in the Premier League. You know, you comedians, all your comedy comes from suffering. Absolutely, so yeah, absolutely. So you, you need to vent, and what better thing to vent? But that's the that, that's what's happened, isn't it? The so-called new comedy is no longer new. It's forty years old. Ben Elton would say say he was the the spring of it. Previously, all comedy was about making making other people suffer. And yeah. Now you have to. You're not allowed to do it anymore. You have to be the one that's doing the suffering. Listen, welcome along. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope it'll be a belting show. Given away by Alexander Arnold. Is Manasar inside the area? Dini with an open net to score and does, and it's 3 0. Well, they're going to win now. 72 minutes on the clock. Roy Dini gets his first ever goal against Liverpool. De Bruyne steps up right footed. He doesn't make a mistake. He arrows the ball laser like into the corner of the net, sending Thibaut Courtois the wrong way. 2018. 2019 and now 2020 it is the trophy that has so often been the springboard to further silverware for manchester city and they lift the league cup yet again i'm going to start because these move every week with best performance of the week and i i have to say in a week when norwich blessed them beat one of the teams going for the Champions League. It seems very sad that they're, that they're very unlikely to win this section. Mark, why don't you just, why don't you start us off? OK, I'll go with an underdog then, uh, assuming that, of course, someone's going for the other team. I'll go for Manchester City. Oh, we all oh, know those, don't we? Yeah. Plucky Manchester City. From nowhere. Um, but but mainly for two reasons. They give, they've given us two two ones uh, this week. I'm going to give them both results. They turned up at Wembley and actually gave us a game of football by be, by John Stones being making an absolute ah. fool of himself for a change. <laughs> um, and and so 2-1 with Aston Villa actually made for 
a decent League Cup final, which isn't a phrase that I think Guardiola. would trick from the tongue. He is a one, isn't he? It's a cup final, right? They expect to beat Aston Villa. Villa have got very much got other business on their minds. Um, finished by West Ham being their, their number yes. one thing uh, in life. We'll slip John Stones into the team for this one, shall we? Just, you know, see how we get on. Well, the same result as always putting John Stones in the team. But of course, it, I, I think, and, and, I, and of course it's easily said after the event, but to basically go and uh, to the Bernabeu and take on Real Madrid and, and win 2-1 and do it in the fashion that they did and do it with a, 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 a set-up that they did mm-hmm. which confused and upset a lot of people until suddenly it worked. And get Sergio... Sergio Ramos actually sat next to Sergio Aguero on the Man City bench in the first half because he didn't know what to do with himself. So he just marked him as a substitute oh. instead. But to actually have a win there and then get Ramos sent off for me, you, I'll take City. Do you I, ever do you ever darken the door of the bookmakers? Uh, it's it's not for me to do that, because just in case I win, and that would you know because that would get me all I, upset. I don't, but I told everyone here on on Talksport a week ago that Manchester City not only would win that tie but would win in Madrid yeah. because Real Madrid no good. That's my official view of yeah, their team. Re- well, Real Madrid are poor. Um, but I, I think it's all all the more impressive because Guardiola has had such problems in Champions League knockout stages. Exactly. And he's always overthought it and overanalyzed and, and but but this time I think he's sat and he's looked at that Real Madrid team and he's done something incredibly inventive. Like Gabriel Jesus was playing at left wing back at various points, you know. Kevin De Bruyne is playing as sort of like a false number nine. And and it, it just worked and Real Madrid mm. had no answers to it. It was brilliant to watch. And and but, I think that was the that's what excited me about it is that what ha- what tends to happen at this point of the season is Real Madrid are good, bad, or indifferent, and then they start and they'll they'll just win the knockout stage games and they'll make a final. Yeah. Whereas at this particular stage, what Man City do is they look completely dominant all season and then are at a loss to know how yeah. to win knockout stages of the Champions League. And I just think that that they've set themselves up perfect. I mean, whether they blow it again now. Is that matter entirely? But 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 I think um and I I know last time I was on I was uh roundly mocked for talking about mentality but I'm going to do it again. I think she will not learn this one. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Pushing I'm just, uh, through. Claude, I'm going to push through. I'm going to stick gonna with double it. Double down in the current parlance <laughs> for people who say something idiotic, then get told off and go. And just repeat it again, like Homer yeah. Simpson. Hey, no, I think I'm a genius. Like, we didn't back Guardiola's uh, tactics in the, his first season, and now we're lauding him as a genius. So I think uh, I think I'm going to stick with it. But but I I think that Man City have always looked overawed in Champions League. Yes. In the Champions League because they don't have this history. But this time they just went in and said, "Yeah, we're 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 good enough. We're the perhaps best in the world." Indif- perhaps the indifferent season. It's kind of liberated them a little bit. There's the, the, because it has yeah. got to that stage where this is what it's all about. Well, speaking then, thank you very much indeed for sticking up both of you for plucky little Manchester City. <laughs> um, another team that's been relieved of a burden is Liverpool. And uh, Chloe's uh, idea of the best performance of the week is uh, Watford. Absolutely. and uh, You predicted it, yeah? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but to, to, be, to be fair, though, I think there has been um, a sort of widespread... Uh, acknowledgement that Liverpool haven't been looking themselves True. recently and I think they really got away with it um, last week against West Ham, against the West West Ham. game was, was oh still- we haven't had a chance to speak about West Ham's goalkeeping situation you told me in this very studio I will come back to you no, probably, not obviously at all. you told me that the whole problem with West Ham and why <laughs> they were going to relegate was, was when Fabianski got injured yeah then he comes back 
Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of... to say, yeah, it's kind, well, it's, that performance... And we're going to talk about stinking goalkeepers a lot in this programme. Yes, he, he that, had, was the, that was the performance had, of the season. He had two humdingers. Um, Three, I made it. Two uh, and a half. Yeah, exactly, that's right. Yeah, but he yeah. got all his humdingers away in one in one game. And it was... and but. It was a game in which the kind of the psychology of the again this and I think it feeds to your point, Chloe, is that there's a the thing about Liverpool is that regardless of what's happened in a game, yeah, they've still getting away with it. They've yeah. still got away with it. They painly have because they've won everything yeah. ever since. But then it all just went horribly wrong at Watford. Well, when they came to Sellhurst earlier in the season, we had a, we played really well against them and threw it away. We threw it away in the last minute. And I walked past the away end and I was leaving and I heard a scouser go, yeah, the thing is we just find a way. And I think that sometimes we just let them have a way. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. West Ham, you just capitulated. Whereas Watford, oh, it was... It it was Liverpool were bad, but they were good as well. Does anybody remember the game between the two teams at Anfield, where Watford I think lost two <sighs> nil, but missed chance Mitch, after chance. They were including all the boy Saar who got the Ismail Saar who got the goals yeah. yesterday. They made chance after chance after chance yeah. and didn't win the game. That that must have remained in their memory somewhere. I would have thought. And I suppose, I mean, is it? Are we not at this? Is, is this stage of the season when the bottom clubs know they need it more, and there's other clubs which you Absolutely. know it's flip flop time. Absolutely, it's, it's a weird old flip flop that Liverpool might be wearing at this particular stage, isn't it? Given the fact, but I suppose waltzing to the title might help. I, I can't work out whether it's a great testament to English professional footballers that uh, a group who are down the bottom should find the wherewithal to hammer the champions elect or whether um, if they're so blinking good they should be playing like this all season. I mean, you get these rare these rare results every now and then, and I wouldn't be surprised if Watford go to Sellers Park next week and and we walk all over them because that's just the nature of football, isn't I have to it? Say, yeah. given your form at Sellers Park, I would be surprised if you walked all over them. But it's it's exactly what Palace will do. Now we're relatively safe. You, you mean Boy, one nil, don't you, Clay? When you say walk all over, this is, it is a relative term. Isn't a one it? A one For... nil, a goal a goal scored from open play in the first half by Christian Benteke. That is walking <laughs> all over a team. All right. Uh, okay. But, but but back to Watford. I think they have it in in their locker because Troy Deeney uh, people like Troy Deeney Etienne Capoue love these games they get absolutely up for it yeah. and um, and if they're up for it they're so physically strong and demonstrative um, if they sort of uh, smell blood they're, they're very they're, good at they've at been good a lot this season and Nigel Pearson's got a terrific record in these, oh. these situations so it is a weird way Dan now yeah. this is silly. Yeah. We're now rationalising why no. it was perfectly obvious no. that Watford no. would beat the three nil. Yeah. The, the the worst pre-match prediction, of course, because you know everyone said Liverpool would win. That's quite right. But John Barnes, who seems to have forgotten that he ever turned out for the Hornets, he absolutely he laid his his whole life, the life of his wife, his children, all his property, and of generations of Barnes to come, that Liverpool would just tank this lot three nil. That was the score. There you go. Thanks, Barnsley. I mean, it is extraordinary that. In the weekend when Norwich beat Leicester, that it looks—it's not even the most odd-looking result on the list. Um, I wanted to mention Norwich for uh, the reason. You know, I picked the quote from somewhere else. Um, you know, they're still probably going to go down, but they were terrific against Leicester as well. They're probably their best performance since they beat Manchester City way back uh, in the, in the autumn. Um, and Mark, I'm looking at you as a West Ham fan here, yeah. with lots and lots of relegated teams to choose from. Are they the best footballing team, the best worst Premier League footballing team? By which I mean, of course, they're going to go down with all hands, 
but they're actually a really decent team. Well, West Ham had that accusation pointed out many seasons ago, but of course, what the, what West Ham proved what it was a it was a, a a squad of very good, talented footballers, but they weren't anywhere near a good enough team. Whereas Norwich, of course, have kind of assembled they they are the sum of their parts, aren't they? Yeah, um, and. And you've got to, you kind of got to admire the way that Knights go about their business. Is that they kind of already look like they they arrived setting up for next season in the championship when they'll do rather well yeah, again, and, and everyone's kind of happy. But they, they're going to get their players picked oh, off now. Yeah, I mean, now that like, most teams the, now they're in the Camp, hot, Campwell's going to go in the headlights. Most yeah. teams yeah. that go down, they got two players who everyone else wants, and the rest they wouldn't touch with a barge pole. Um, but both the fullbacks, um, Godfrey at centre back. Um, Brendia in midfield. Yeah. The, the forwards, Campwell, um, Pookie. Well, Pookie is. I mean, yeah. they're going to be a very rich club, Norwich, um, <laughs> with the parachute payments and the transfer fees. But if they rec- if they recruit in the way that they recruited those and brought, bring up through kids the way they brought through their kids, yeah. it could just be back to you know. Back I think to they're the all, they're a well-run club, and like you look at someone like Fulham, and um, they they've done pretty decently in terms of going down and rebuilding. So so I, I I don't worry for Norwich the way that I would worry for another club potentially dropping down into League One. After we that. shouldn't let this weekend go by without remarking, of course, it is the 15th anniversary of Let's Be Having Ya! Yes, of oh, course. Yeah. Now, if you're going Same to have... Delia. um And I know, I know, Chloe, you're all against women in football, but if you're going, <laughs> if you're going, if you're going to have... Shouldn't happen, should it, Chloe? If you're going to have female... If you've got to have, by law, female owners in football, let them be famous, drunk female owners. Mm. I love that. It's my... People gave her grief. That was one of my favourite things that ever happened in football. That was just beautiful. Give me the mic. Give me the mic. <laughs> That's great. Let's be Fifteen years. Man, life is rocketing past, isn't it? Um, all right, who's our best performance of the week then? Manchester City for no. their double victory over Real Madrid and in the uh, Carabao Cup final. Watford for putting yeah. li- paid to all Liverpool's ambitions, except, of course, win the title. And Norwich um, is the most backhanded comp for being a really good rubbish team. It's got to be Watford. It's it? Watford. It's, well, what, it's what, Watford. What are we doing if it's not it's Watford? Watford. <laughs> it's Watford. Thank you very much indeed. Recovered by Jamal Lewis. Oh, that's a superb goal. That is a superb goal from Jamal Lewis. Coming forward from left back. One touch to control. The other to volley home. Norwich City, there is life in them yet. We switched off, you know, in, in the back post area, the full back uh, arrives into the box. It's a great finish, three bodies and a uh, great strike. But um, but we have the man who should be there. Then uh, it's not a it's not a goal. And Arsenal never lost a tie in Europe when leading after an away goal and an away victory in the first leg have lost one now. It's finished. Arsenal one, Olympiacos two. Which takes us on to the worst performance, always a juicier one. Um, I think I'll start because we'd like to do these in different order. And not just because about four weeks ago, to the delight of Crystal Palace fan Simon Jordan on the show we do here on Talk Sport, and no doubt to your delight as well, when Brighton was still, you know, floating back quite happily in mid-table, I said, I don't like the look of Brighton. I would like a doctor. You know, before we do the actual examination, just go. I don't like the look of that patient at all. <laughs> Did you? You, you, you the, the car. You lifted the hood on them, didn't you? You tutted at their engine. Uh, who, who, who repaired this? Cowboys? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I absolutely. I immediately, I, I insisted that Brighton Hove Albion be put in triage um, because I did not like the look of their pallor. 
And uh, for once, and it's very unusual, I've been proven right. Um, a team that tries to do all the right things. Now, you can tell me later what the effect of Graham Potter's contract would have had all this, but they do all the right things, but there's something missing in that team. And I'll tell you what it is. I watched them. I watched the whole game. Um, you know, the weekend. Sorry. They have no pace <laughs> whatsoever. They have absolutely no pace. You know, they made loads of chances, don't get me wrong. Mm. They could have won the game. Solly March, mm. one of the best names for a footballer currently going around. Uh, Solly March missed a couple of really good chances. The problem with having no pace is that if you're going to play football, let's say you're not like Watford, you can just belt it long to the pace of Saar and the power of Deeney. If you're going to play football without pace... Every blinking pass has to be exactly precise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, it's painful to watch them playing out because they have to play to feet. Can't play it two yards either side and let people run onto it because they haven't got the pace for it. So while I love their team for having a six foot nine left back, incidentally, <laughs> Tony Pulis, I can, if you listen to that, open the window, you hear that sobbing noise? That's Tony Pulis because he can't sign Dan Burns. Yeah. He's absolutely heartbroken. He hasn't got a club to sign. A, a six-foot-nine left-back, that is good, isn't it? Um, but they can't run and they can't... I mean, Aaron Moyes is the classic example. What a lovely footballer he is. But he has to get council permission to go from position A to position B because it takes him so long. <laughs> he needs planning permission to go to another part of the pitch. Um, they are in real trouble now. And when you talked about, you two earlier on, we talked about Watford and and uh, Norwich. We talked about the things they can bring to spring a surprise, to ambush a team. They haven't got any surprise no. in them at all. And I'd, be, I'd be unsurprised now if they actually made the, the downward trip. To your delight. Absolutely to my delight. I just wanted to echo what you said about Aaron Moy. I think he's a very good player. Um, and But I think it's exactly what happened at Huddersfield. Like th There's no one doing his running for him. Because he's like a very cultured player, and 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 I he was man of the match in my opinion when we played them earlier in the season. But yeah, I I, I completely echo what you say. But it was just Far great for me, incidentally, inside my greenhouse to criticise people for a lack of mobility. But you know <laughs> what I mean. I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, but yeah, no, it was just great for uh, Palace to to get the bragging rights against against our biggest rivals. Our, our you know the most justified rivalry in English football. Uh, so you say. say. But this is one of my favourites now. The phrase bragging rights. I mean, let's say that Brighton Hove Albion, God, God helped them, a, a lovely club, properly run, and all the rest of it, and a beautiful stadium down there in what's it, what town is it in Hove, isn't it? I uh, know Falmer, it's in Falmer. Let's say they do get relegated. What bragging rights does that actually give you? Where will you do this bragging? Um, I'll do it in the privacy of my own home and on Twitter. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, I think everyone mocks what we are now referring to as El Gatwicko. Um, shout out to the FYP fanzine for trying to make that happen. Everyone, everyone di very much dislikes this name, but I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it work. Um, but it, it's one well, of those. Thanks for things using us as a guinea pig, by the way. <laughs> well, we don't like fo football. Is fun because you hate other teams, <laughs> and we don't ha really have a natural team to hate so well, why not teams Brighton? left and right of you on no, the south yeah, coast yeah but now you're, you're confusing two worlds here they've got the, we, we apply the word derby upon it the word is rivalry why what, what's so wrong about them having, establishing a good old-fashioned yeah no one can remember why but we're having it anyway it's, rivalry. Just, it's That's fun the point. it's fun to hate another team okay well i'll take it i'll take it as um one of the reasons why the premier league is so amazing english football is so amazing this kind of irrational um, hatreds, yeah. and this is why this is why I will never buy into a Champions League that overpowers uh, the Premier League because I could watch AC Milan.
play Juventus, no, let's do another thing, Bayern Munich, a thousand times. And it's still, I would watch it. I love football. But there's no natural rivalry in there. My, my remembrance this one day, I was at White Hart Lane um, with the lady I used to go with then. Um, we were watching Spurs play Everton and she was apoplectic. She was beside herself. She was volcanic. I said, this is an end-of-season game. The first ever were like 14th and 15th. I said, what's the matter with you? She said, I can't stand Everton. I said, what do you mean you can't stand them? Because you're a very gentle soul. I hate them. I loathe, despise, abominate them. I said, why? And she's, she sat back 40 years of age and searched her very brilliant mind <laughs> and could think of no logical reason no, why she hated Everton, but she hated them. Because it's 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 not required. And there's no it's turning back now. It's simply no required. There's no, no. turning back. No, no, you can't it's... suddenly like them. I do understand. It's the per- in there. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I don't understand, but I approve of the Palace-Brighton yeah. rivalry. You. Who's um who's, who's your worst performance of the week, Mark? Well, I kind of gone... I went to the flip of the Norwich game because I went to Leicester. Now, and and this is somewhat damn. He said, "I'm doing Norwich a disservice here, haven't I?" Given the fact that we've said how well they did, but I'd be worried if I'm a Leicester fan, and I just think it's a kind of another little nail in the coffin of what's happened with Leicester since. Funnily enough, where you go back to is the end of January, and they lose losing the Villa because this could have been they could have, this fixture could not have necessarily been played, and they could have been playing against Man City in a, in, a, in a cup final, but. They lost to Aston Villa and they've had stinkers of results pretty much since then. Not 1-1, lost a couple. They've got a couple of draws, to be fair to them. But it's just when you're looking for a team. And during the course of the period of time, of course, the Band City stories came out. And now that everybody really is vying to make sure that you're top five. Actually, you're not, that you're two to five because top one's done. And it looks, and they're throwing in some some absolute stinkers. And it's really surprising, I think, because it feels like that they got it absolutely right with Brendan Rodgers. Mm. But, but often, then again, are we now getting... And, and then suddenly, there's a little cry across, sort of like from the valley down the road, where everyone reminds you Brendan Rodgers when he was the Liverpool boss. And, and 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 oh, hang on! He came uh, within within one Stephen Gerrard, uh, but well, but a over then, T of win the title, and then gently, and then it started to kind of trail off. And I'm not saying this is the case. All I'm saying is, it's performances like that that give that give Leicester can fans I, polls. Arguably, can I give you one one name of why I think Leicester have faded away? And it reminds me of a wonderful LP by the great Vivian Stanshall. Um, who uh, he goes to Africa and he meets the local tribal chief and he says, hello, I'm Vivian Stanchel. And he says, I'm the I'm tribal chieftain. I'm called Indeedy. <laughs> and he goes, Indeedy? He goes, yes, Indeedy. Yes, Indeedy. Um, and in, it's not the loss of Vardy well, recently, but since Indeedy, Indeedy got injured, they're absolutely... If that album rumors. had called Jamie Vardy's calf muscle, <laughs> this would have been a remarkable <laughs> anecdote. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, pretty, it was pretty good already. <laughs> Wilfred Indeedy, what, possibly the best player in the Premier League called Wilfred. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Leicester, yeah, they, they, they've, come, they've come off the ball, but it's a, it's a considerable. And considering the teams below them are doing their level best not to qualify for the Champions League, they're safe enough, aren't they? they well, I, see, this is my thing: is I just wondered if that the the, the way the points have fallen, it's the last thing he needed was to not get this win. He needed mm-hmm. to just. But as you say, funny enough, it's it's. It's a battle nobody seems to want to win, and Leicester have made themselves part of that battle. And of course, they have joined the army of clubs who are now closer to the relegation uh, dotted line than they are 
to the prospective champions of England. But these are good, bad performances, Brighton and Leicester, etc. But I think Chloe's got the the master, the big cheese, the grand fromage uh, up her sleeve. You're giving a two new up already, aren't you, in the entire record I'm not competitive like that. Um, (laughs) Chloe, Chloe, this is a matter of interest. Who is your worst performance of the week? Oh, it's got to be Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. Oh, you just Arsenal, got emotional Arsenal. investment in this, Kelly. I, I have a little bit. I have a little bit. But again, as I say, because of the Arsenal supporting family and better half, um, I, I have to keep... Normally, I have to keep all this uh, inside. But the chance of anyone listening to this podcast are so slim that I feel I can join Jason Cundy in the Dance of Delight. Arsenal against Olympiacos. The arrogant, self-centred, mm. easy-going... Easy, what, what would, uh, what's Glenn Hoddle's phrase? Easy Ozy. No one else says it. No. They, they took the game easy Ozy, didn't they? Absolutely. Um, and, and I think we, we, we were talking before the pod and basically saying, yeah, it was completely arrogant. Uh, and I think they thought that they'd already won it um, against the team that tend Never, not to <laughs> win away from no, home. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was toothless. And uh, I mean, like, Ozil... Look bored, Pepe, Lacazette, Bellerin, all poor, and that leads to the the the, the question. You know, they're they're unlikely to get Champions League. Well, they're not going to get Champions League football via the Premier League. Um, this was probably their one last hope. And you know, you look at sort of Manchester United and Wolves taking it very very seriously, and they've just thrown it away. And I think I think it. It surprises me because Arteta seems to have changed, I'll say it again, the mentality of the club. Mm. Everyone looks a little bit more up for it and a little bit like they know what they're doing and where they're meant to stand as individuals. But this was just, um, you know, uh, as toothless. Could I could I posit the idea, which which is basically the same idea, but just a different perspective, is that is that what Arteta has done as 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 focused the media on the idea that he's absolutely that he's the man for the job and he's yeah. got it right um, by which i mean they really like the cut of his jib he's got a lovely haircut he he's looks got a Lego smart haircut. he's he's got the, he has actually basically looks like one of uh, any any member of captain scarlet and the mr ons take your pick but what they Jerry do is, Anderson input yes, there, very good. I mean, pretty much, what Arteta could do everything, but you'll never see him walk through a door because the strings bounce <laughs> off, the, off the wall. Now, but um, it, what they seem to have done with him is every time something good has happened with Arsenal, it's been, yeah. wow, they're back. And then, but then when they son of when they're old Arsenal, it's kind of it's seen as a blip rather than being much more the malaise that is all that is still within the place. I could be. I, I, I could explain it a little bit easier if I can. The Olympiacos result, and it's not. Look at me. I'm not Harry Potter, and I don't claim to have any powers. Not even but once in a blue moon, I don't like. I I bring down the hammer of karma. <laughs> Jack Wilshire when he used to stand on buses. Uh, singing Spurs are bleep and all the rest of it. And I said, no, son, you will never be a good footballer now. And look at him, you've got him. He spends his time hiding in tumble dryers now at West Ham, doesn't he? We've seen that. Well, Uh, that's uh, part of his rehab, yeah. yeah, But that's how I'm fair to bring that up. Yeah, so on the press conference before the Olympiacos game, um, the the self-same Mikel Arteta is asked um, about Aubameyang and his status as a world-class player. And he sits there. Now, what he should say is, he is, of course, a fantastic player and we are very delighted to have him. What he does is to say, well, you're saying this because he's never won anything. Well, Harry Kane's never won anything. You little snide. Keep your snide remarks that was a bit to of, yourself. That was, 
And that I wrote escalated the, fast, didn't I it? I put Dan? it in my mobile phone. <laughs> Olympia cost to win, and I just sat there and I bought. No, no, karma always. I, I mean, I've got a few years on you, Chloe. Bear in mind this; it's true. Um, look at your own backside in the mirror tonight. I hope it's pristine, but trust me, if you jip people, it will be covered in bites when karma comes back to bite you on the rear. And that's what happened to Mikel Arteta, and I'm delighted for him. And Arsenal are indeed the worst performance of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hoffenheim trailing by six goals to nil against Bayern. The protests against the Hoffenheim owner, Dietmar Hopp, uh, took them off the field for several minutes, but uh, a, uh, a moment of solidarity between him and the uh, Bayern chairman, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, uh, emerging from the tunnel, arms linked. The players are out on the field, but John Howick, we have not yet had an official restart. Well, the referee has actually restarted things. He's dropped the ball, but the players of both Hoffenheim and Bayern Munich are now just passing the ball around between themselves. This isn't a contest. I think this is just a case of both teams running down the clock now. We've got 12 minutes to go until the end of this game, but Hoffenheim and Bayern players, they're just knocking the ball around. Villain of the week. Chloe, why don't you start us off? Because you've got quite a complicated one for us where everybody in the stadium is doing something wrong in the Bundesliga. I've got, it's very complicated and I have a lot of strong feelings about it. So I have chosen... Uh, well, actually, we, we like to have a laugh at the show. Why don't you just express your strong feelings? It's a good place to do it. Yeah, I'm going to express them. Wade in. Bayern uh, versus Hoffenheim. They spent the last 13 minutes of their match passing the ball between each other like in quite a plain way this is my first my first gripe is that they didn't do like any fancy sort of keepy uppies or anything no entertaining for the crowd there was nothing entertaining it was bland it was boring it's a bit like, ja- like, like jazz this became in protest to what had gone on in the, yeah. in the crowd it's like jazz in the 60s when they started just facing each other 
you know, Miles Davis well, is fan. Different, sorry, different story. Players in Dinwiddie, they, they could have run up some amazing passing stats in that 10 minutes. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Because it was a legal game, yeah. But but th- th- this was essentially in reaction to um, some Bayern fans, the Bayern Ultras, unveiling a banner which read, am I allowed to say it? No. All right, it suggested that the owner of Hoffenheim, who are they protesting against because he doesn't stick to the 50-plus-1 rule that runs German football, that his mum... Um, might have done most of her work after dark. Yeah, um, which um, is obviously misogynistic. Awful. It's misogynistic, and I think that uh, th- there's no excuse. There's no excuse. I think that's absolutely awful behaviour. I think there's awful behaviour going on, sort of whole scale in this whole situation, because I think it was pretty appalling that th- that this was their reaction to it. That. They had such a strong reaction to defend a multi-billionaire, arguably the most franchise this in franchise. This is the players now. This is the players. Yep. The most in franchise kind of man in society is, is a billionaire. And they had such a strong reaction to it. Whereas if you look at racism and reactions to racism over the course of the past year two years where this has been in the foreground where this has been at the front of our discussions of like who we are as football fans and what our reactions are to it this was so extreme that I think it's kind of inexcusable that this thing that is so insulting like calling someone's mum yeah you know uh, a, a nefarious woman is so insulting that they need to defend this man I just think it's completely disproportionate <laughs> I think what I think I think it's partially because Bayern was 6-0 up and there was nothing to play for. I do think that... But next that day, in a game which was much more close, exactly the same thing happened in Berlin. Yeah, and it, I guess it's set like a precedent now that that's how you behave. But I really hope that that precedent is set and it's carried over to any acts of racism that happen in the future. And we now see that that is a possibility of what footballers can do. They can take things into their own hands and they can make a stand. I just hope we make a stand it, it really against does, the right can things. I, can I just pick... A, 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 kind of like... to. to, to leap the point forward because f- f- the two things that strike me is that number one is that, that I'd heard it you know that people were sort of underplaying it because what it wasn't was homophobic and what it wasn't was racist so like well, how, those how are, misogynism those things are legislated against so you know they're against the law that's why it's easy to spot them okay. in a football ground yeah. okay yeah. So, so, so given the fact that it's still patently an offensive attack on another person that's not even that person but this would be my point is that I, I i'd go along with them even if i didn't agree with them if they said you are killing german football with the way you spend your money mm. is a perfectly it's ar- perfectly, yeah. perfectly legitimate argument you can make you have every right to but do that how the hell do you go from that position to thinking that the best way to deal with this is to insult the man's mother nah, in the worst the, cut possible because way. Because that's that's the culture of football uh, uh, for too long. Um, I can remember, and forgive me, I'm going to be very careful what I say here, I remember taking um, some Americans who really, really wanted to go to, they said, take us to a proper English football match. I took them to Spurs against Arsenal on a Tuesday evening with the, with the rain driving horizontally. We had uh, chips out of a plastic container. They'd never seen food as bad before and drank a beer from those floppy, almost set, almost plastic bag beer glasses. Um, and the Spurs fans, two, uh, not me, but 230,000 were singing something about Arsene Wenger. Oh, that's uh, because yeah, that, yeah. Was, that, was, the, that yeah. was the thing yes, that they didn't right. have. Uh, and, uh, which I'm not going to And the boy, man turned to me after 15 minutes and said, so this guy down here, he's a... I said, no, 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 not, 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 no, no. I mean, it's been so acceptable for so long. 
Um, it's in- incredibly difficult because Chloe wants to make the villains of the week are the, the fans who are being misogynistic, the players for defending a billionaire. Um, also, I think I'll throw in as well the officials because they did the three. They did the three point protocol, which is for racism. Yeah, um, and further muddied the waters. Um, all I will say is that G- Germany's 50 plus 1 rule has been jealously defended. There are better ways to defend it, and they should find a better way to defend it. I agree. Yeah. Um, my villain of the week is much more straightforward and, <laughs> and, and will not require uh, the attention of my learned friends before it can be broadcast. Sergio Ramos, he's a nuisance and he is a git. Um, one of the great footballers, I'm told, but why would you want this person? Oh, you'd want him in your team? No, I wouldn't. No. No, I wouldn't. He's, uh, he's a red card... Um, in the, in the, of course, and it's a sulking red card because he can't get his own way at the Bernabeu. His red card against Manchester City is his 26th red card of his career for Real Madrid. He's also been sent off for Spain and Sevilla as well. And I did the mathematics about two years ago. He has missed over a season of football with suspensions. Now, quite apart from the ones he does deliberately because he needs to go on holiday to ex-Ireland or to... It was the Ajax game, wasn't it? Like, the other day, he... he, he he got himself missing the second leg of the match against Ajax in the Champions League last year because it was a foregone conclusion that they would beat Ajax. He didn't play. They lost. Good. Um, I'm all for Rebels. Eric Cantona is one of my heroes in life. Um, but Sergio Ramos, you're in the best team already. You do not need to be a master of shinehousery um, in order <laughs> to be a great footballer. I don't care whether he's Villain of the Week or not on this show. He's my Villain of the Week every week and um, if I saw him in the street I would give him what my dad or my old dad used to describe as a leather injection i.e. a boot up the jacks lots, your, lots of uh, <laughs> lots of butt content today um, <laughs> yeah. uh, could, may I just ask before we move on well started with yours and now we moved on to a much more famous one well, yeah. c- c- can I ask do, do you object to, to as you put it shinehousery in all forms or are there shinehouses that you enjoy um, no no <laughs> Uh, well, we, you're, we're going to talk later in the show about the goings on with Wilf Zaha, and I did like I did like the substitute pro, uh, uh, grigging to use an Irishism, um, Wilf Zaha from the sidelines. Now, by and large, particularly players are in great great players in great teams don't need to resort to that. So you get Zidane pretending the balls hit him um, in the in, in the face when it has done no such thing. Um, I don't want to be. I'm not a killjoy. I'm, <laughs> I'm a buzzkill. Oh no! Ram, Ramos is though. Years. I mean, Ram, Ramos. It's 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 the it, there's a level of arrogance, mm-hmm. and there's an arrogance that I will give to the showman of football, which is which yes. is probably unreasonable. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, because funny enough, Cristiano Ronaldo was bigger than all of the clubs he's been at. <laughs> and when he arrived there, he became bigger than the club. And it works for him, and it works for the clubs. But Ramos brings nothing to the party. Uh, he, I don't even think he's that brilliant a defender. It's just the sheer self-indulgence of a man who feels absolutely, utterly kind of entitled to behave how he wants. He's captured about six Champions League winning teams, hasn't he? He does bring, he does bring uh, something to the party. I think there's he a brings context a kind of mad determination. Um, but it's sour no, sometimes. I, oh, no, it's no. Well, I, 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 he's no Mark Noble. I went. No, it, no exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it makes Mark Noble look like Cristiano Ronaldo. Is what the point would be. Yeah. But I, I went to uh, the um, Spurs Real Madrid game a couple of seasons ago in the Champions League because I just thought that would be yeah. my like only opportunity to get to see Ramos and uh, Ronaldo play. Uh, 
in the flesh. And there was something quite like sort of ethereal and godlike to the way both he and Ronaldo just glided across the pitch. There was something that, that, that like very self-assured. They were playing against Spurs, Chloe. Well, that was when that was when you won three, four, one. Uh. Yeah, but you beat, you okay, beat them. all right. Yeah. Because normally, people's performance against Spurs is no measure of how good they are at football. <laughs> well, that, I told Matt Letizia to his face, he got 100 goals in the top division of English football, 106, I think, to be exact. 74 of them are against Spurs. What kind of striker are yeah, you? But by no the way, the, the magnificent Sergio Ramos there, he's just let Spurs score four goals past him. Yeah. So Very that's how true. good he is. Very true. I you mean, know. Got, but, and, but I will say, given that he is a man carrying, uh, if you put all these medals on the table, the table would creek um, at the other end uh, extreme is your villain of the week yeah I mean you know uh, you know, <laughs> for villain of the week who are you going to call uh, Alan Pardew Very former good. Tottenham captain Alan Pardew well, let's not go into that Crystal into Palace business. superhero as well we know yeah. um, former manager of many many places but now obviously uh, bringing that same magic to Den Haag <laughs> sprinkling uh, the, the dust sprinkling the, the fairy dust, dust. division <laughs> Um, he arrived with Chris Powell. Poor old I Chris love Powell. Chrissy. Chrissy Powell <laughs> arrives. He's, he's, he's coaching CB perfectly intact after a brilliant period with Gareth Southgate, thinking, this looks like fun. Pards has been getting a nice little job here in Dutch football. Mm, I'll yeah. go and use my mad skills as an assistant coach there. They get a, they get a stadium-wide banner riffing mm. on the entire Ghostbusters theme. Um, and to quote the film... Within six weeks, it's gone into total protonic reversal. <laughs> it transpires because they've crossed the beams and um, he's, he's had one win, three draws, three losses. At the training ground, half a, a dozen Den Haag supporters, and I suppose we're going to have to use the phrase, are allowed because I don't know how you fight your way past security whilst holding a whiteboard on legs, right. which is what they did because they're on the pitch side with Alan Pardew his so, coaching fair, staff uh, and players a, a whiteboard is not an AK-47 you, are, you probably could get through yeah, some but, but while you're fighting off security, you still go around onto your whiteboard have you tried this Dan? You say this like you've no, had experience, no, 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 trust no. me it's almost impossible um, of course the, the tripod legs are maybe telescopic yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that back but they physically are on the side of the pitch explaining the tactics that Alan Pardew needs to instruct his players with to save them from the relegation that he was saving them from in a Ghostbusters pastiche a mere six weeks Which ago. Which is a shame because they've got a brand new stadium. I happened to go to uh, The Hague. Um, the lady wife was doing a travel piece in a very posh hotel. I just thought, I might go and help her. Um, and I went to their brand new stadium. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, in the way of small stadia, they kept it right on top of the pitch. Everything Lovely. about it is modern. Would, would you say it's going to be the best stadium in the Dutch second division? Um, I can't say who else is going down. I haven't got the area division in front <laughs> but, of me. It probably will be. They yeah. are that close, but it, it probably will be. But it's just such a Pardew esque moment. Now, look, isn't I, it? I've already set myself up here for being Mr. No Fun, and I'm going to go further now, which is so, so odd given what I know about my own private life. Um, do you think Alan Pardew, Chloe, has ever recovered from that dance in the petrol brew no. suit outside <laughs> the pitch? Absolutely not. I don't think I've recovered from it. Um, yeah. It Why was shouldn't a, a middle aged man do a, a celebratory jig? I think you should do a celebratory jig that is in the spur of the moment when you're overcome with passion, but not one that you've been choreographing oh, in you your own window, uh, in your what, own mirror. I had heard this, Chloe. This <laughs> yeah. is the thing. 
He's his his and I'm. He's let's David Brent. We'll all do the air quotes together. His spontaneous Sp- reaction spontane- to a goal. His spontaneous choreographed reaction uh, directly at a camera. Well, can I say? Speaking of goal celebrations, I am hoping for a Den Haag upturn in form and then a goal celebration inspired by this sort of in a Jimmy Bullard esque way. You know, the wagging finger. Uh, what, yeah. Who who was the manager? Was it? It was just Phil Brown. Wasn't Phil it? Brown. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping. I'm so, hoping for so something he, like that. So we feel he may still turn this around do we <laughs> but the great thing about Pardew and you know I've gone I've gone villain in the panto style yeah, 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 because yeah. he's just, he's so funny his stuff just happens to this man but, doesn't but, it but, but, I, mean, I, mentioned, I mentioned how he played for Spurs he played for Spurs twice the season Spurs were bunged into the Intertoto Cup and, and Alan Sugar said I'm not having any of this we're not playing in it they got together a bunch of amateur players and put them out against FC Cologne from Germany, in order that the boys wouldn't be have no uh, football, the retired Alan Pardew was dragged into the team and made captain. They lost uh, both the defeats are Spurs' biggest individual defeat in any match, eight nil in Cologne, and the aggregate score is also their biggest defeat. Went to West Ham one day to interview him and mentioned <gasps> this to him and thought it might be a nice way to break the ice. Blimey. The ice remained unbroken, trust me. Yeah. He absolutely hated talking about something humiliating. That's he, a laugh. Do you know what? This isn't the first time I've heard someone say that they've brought this up with him and he's been really frosty. Ooh, frosty. Yeah. Or maybe you're recycling your anecdotes, but I think no, it was someone else that no, said no, it. No, no, maybe, maybe so, yeah. <laughs> like, he's not... He's start not, the interview, I had to pour boiling water over him to get going, <laughs> like a frosty car in the he's morning. He's not comfortable with the idea of not being the best at his yeah. job. He's got a huge ego. Yeah. Right. Villain of the week, then. The huge ego of Alan Pardew, the huge ego of Sergio Ramos, or the huge banner of German fans? See, I'm going with Chloe, because I, I, I in spite of the kind of the... the there, there, there's a, it's a very, very weird web that it's weaving the story. Yeah. But basically, just as low as you can go. And also, I, I'll make the villains because they screwed their own argument. By ruining it by being saying something as muggy as that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I can't be um, I can't be outed on the same show as being a buzzkill and on PC. So I'm going with Chloe as well. The, the German this fans. Is, this is becoming a this yeah, is no. a Watford Watford yeah. score. The game's woken up here. It's the penalty. It's Bowen. It's a goal on his home debut. Twenty-five million pounds, well spent, Jared Bowen. Jeffrey stuff said to me, "Keep getting the chances, keep you know doing what you think you can, hit the target, and then that's what I did today, and it went in, so it wasn't." Oh, they played the ball quickly in behind, and Sar is racing past Van Dijk. He's faced up by the goalkeeper, and he shot it beyond him, and Watford have a two-nil lead against Liverpool. It's a brilliant breakaway goal from Ismail Sar. A little, a very short while to do the heroes of the week. There's some lovely uh, things here. Um, Mark, you wanted to start. Um, with your West Ham hat on. I will have to because I went to see West Ham play Southampton. Um, it was, um, it's the return of the magnificent 07. Uh, that's the, the only thing I've got available to us. That was the great escape season. Um, and from my point of view, it, it was topped off by the fact that the kid who got bought in the transfer window out of the championship, the kid who's going to make the picture, 
um, is Jarrod Bowen, of course. They bought him from Hull. In the week, poor old David Moyes got a, a part of a quote from a press conference lifted in which he said, why does anyone think a, a, a boy from the championship is going to save the season? That's ridiculous, to paraphrase. But in fact, what he was saying was, it shouldn't be expected of him. It's too much to heap on his shoulders. I, I, I bought him for good reason. I, I, I'm, I've got many, many friends in the print, in the print media. I hate the way we just go to those terrible press conferences and the newspapers pick six words. Cut and paste a bit. Like, oh, like yeah. Burroughs. They mm. just take six words out yeah. of Look it up, kids. Um, <laughs> they just take six words and say, there's there's your headline. He he, he, he did nothing to down he, he, In fact, Bowen. all he did was he made completely up the point on the other... He made the point 180 degrees was the point he was trying to make. But what Jared Bowen ends up doing is scoring a peach of a Jared Bowen-style goal like he's done for Hull. Um, he, he made a last-ditch tackle in the box uh, when Southampton was still were, were on the front foot again. Um, and and the beauty of this story, which he, and, and every football fan loves a tenuous connection to the club. Ian Wright was always wonderful at the fact that I even think I, I th- was it not Bert, didn't he say that his first shirt that he had bought at Christmas was a Burnley one. It's something, he was very good at that stuff like that. <laughs> but it transpires that J- Jared Bowen's dad, Sam, who played all of his career in non-league football, was at Murphy Tidville, and Harry Redknapp put in an offer for him and got him down to a, to a trial at West Ham, and Murtha wanted too much money. And so it actually makes, a, the whole thing is serendipitous. Thank you very much. His hero of the week, he said, with proudly wearing his West Ham shirt, <laughs> equally partisan, Chloe's hero of the week, allows her to wear her Crystal Palace shirt. Yeah, absolutely. I've gone for the best Wilfred in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Other ones have been mentioned, but we're now arrived there, We're now on we? the correct one, uh, Wilfred Zaha. Um, and, yeah, I think um, it wasn't particularly... His, uh, his his best performance in a Palace shirt, and I can say that because I'm three 0 up. Um, yeah. uh, but I think it's probably going to be his last El Gatwicko, yeah. um, and that comes in a career of great performances and very important goals against Brighton. Um, I'm thinking playoff semi-finals, uh, two goals in the second leg, absolutely absolute scenes, limbs everywhere. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so essentially in this game, he uh, he was getting a bit wound up by the Brighton fans. He spat in their direction, gave them a bit of the hands behind the ears. Ezekiel Scalotto was uh, running down the line, now, warm, this was the good warming bit, up. The, the, now, this is the good stuff. The Brighton yeah. substitute, Ezekiel Scalotto, um, started to nag at Wilfred. Yeah, he gives them a bit of... Bit bit of this, and uh, Wilf reacts to it and goes over, and and ref comes over and books Scalotto. He reported to the ref, and Scalotto did that. Well, that <laughs> squeezing was, tears out of his eyes. That thing. was a few. <laughs> that was a few moments oh, later. He kept it going, didn't he? That it? was a few moments yeah. later that Scalotto came. He he went and sat down, and everything calmed down, and then he came back down, and he he gave the little teary teary thing. But what I liked about it is it was it was so sort of um. I think he was really worried about getting picked up by VAR because he was just doing it here and there. Um, and uh, what I liked about that is that has obviously been screenshotted widely by Palace Twitter and is all over it. So, he's, um, so, he's, so his hands were in a natural position for uh, wiping his uh, tears away. Listen, so on VAR, more, it wouldn't have been it given. It wasn't clear and obvious. No, it exactly. wasn't clear and obvious. The other week when that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, there you go. Uh, is my hero of the week. Anybody who gets a yellow card before they come on, <laughs> there's the kind of shine house that I like. <laughs> I love. Um, and maybe a special shout-out as well to... Uh, 
Ancelotti's red card post. Yes, one of the most easy going blokes Love in that. the game. That's good work. That was I, good I work. I think he's worked out that if you got if you want to get anything in England, you've got to moan at the officials. It's just the way they are. The, the American co- American sports coaches love. To take, you know, they love the red badge of courage. You know, they need. It's good for the, and I think Angelotti in that case was that was a very smart move. But I loved. I, th- I think it's great. Will Saha was there's a great interview in the English press with Will Saha building up to this game, and I love it because what you do every time he wears his heart on his sleeve, you kind of just like him a little bit more, and he's just just this honest fella. Now the bit where the honesty sometimes may reach breaking point for some people is his. Innate capacity to earn a foul. He is the second most foul go man there. in the Premier League. I didn't think you were going to go there. I don't, I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the fouls. I think that it's the diving. <sighs> right, let's not even get into that. Uh, I, 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 Wilfred Zaha is not a diver. Um, but I, I think it's more the. He is. Uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic footballer and he's a diver. Okay. Oh no, in no, my... he's not. He's no? damn what he is. He is okay. the second most foul man. In the Premier League, he knows how Traore. to. He knows how to draw a foul. Well, if you decide that you think some of them are that, yes, but they I do. are fouls. But because they're fouls. They're a stat. And and listen, like, I, what, is it is it a bad tactic that you know that Wilfred Zaha gets fouls to so just shove him in the penalty area? Yes, go, that's poor defending. Isn't just it? hold yeah. hold on to the ball. Hold on to the ball. He'll go in out. Go in out. He'll go in out. Someone will stick a leg out. He goes over. That's yeah. not a, that's not a foul. That's clever play. Yeah. But I think. The thing, the, the criticism. I don't know Chloe so well, but I knew this would rise. So this is going well. This is going very well. No, 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 no. Let, let me, let me. Let, the, the criticism that I would give Wilfred Zaha is that he's very unfortunate in that he's got a very whingy voice and quite an annoying face. So what he'll do, what he'll do. I've never noticed either of those things. Oh god, when because when, when, when he when he stands up, so, so his whiny face is is annoying. Oh yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. He's got and, an annoying voice. And you, you yeah. hear it in the. In, in, the, in the silence it, of Sellers Park, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ringing around the walls. <laughs> you, you've uh, you've sent something now, and you're trying to you're no, no, trying to actually it's turn the noisiest ground in London, isn't yeah, it? it is. um, yeah, yeah, yes, it's good it on is. the decibels. Yeah. Uh, but what you'll hear is, oh come on, Will, shut up, Will, come on, just get on with it, get on with the game. But it's, but it's part, but it's patently what makes him the player he is, isn't it? It's what keeps him going. It's part of his. It's the meat and potatoes of why he does what he does. It's, but I think we're a bit like. He said enough times now, like I'm fouled low to protect me, ref, and we get that. I think it's just a little bit of like we get that, Wilf. Get on with yeah, the we game got, now. Yeah, we Come yeah, on, yeah, got the just gist. get up and play the game. But I also think it it comes in a climate of Wilf's ready to go, and he's sort of he's not down tools, but he's not as passionate as interested as he was. No, he's not. He's not having the season he had last it, season. Yeah, which is you're right. Yeah, yeah. And if uh, if you both donned your colours, uh, I'll take myself back to the homeland. Um, for my hero of the week is an 11 year old boy um, he's called Dara and uh, he was on Irish television and the, the late night uh, chat show um, which everybody in Ireland watched called the Late Late Show after he wrote a letter he's a Manchester United fan he wrote a letter he's 10 to Jurgen Klopp I'll, I'll quote some of it Liverpool are winning too many games he says if you win nine more games then you have the best unbeaten run in English football being a United fan that is very sad so the next time Liverpool play, please make them lose. You should just let the other team score. I hope I've convinced you to not win the league or any other match ever again. <laughs> now, the beautiful thing about this is that Dara wrote that in the, with it, all the innocence of, of an 11-year-old heart. And Jurgen Klopp, because he is a great man, sent him back a fantastic letter 
thanking him for his advice and all the rest of it. <laughs> but politely, would you F so off? So Dara is... <laughs> Klopp doesn't need to do that. When you're 24 points ahead of whatever it is in the league, you don't need to do that. <laughs> Incidentally, Dara then appears on the Late Late Show to explain all this. Unfortunately, he's on with Roy Keane. And Roy is on there because the only, the only public appearances Roy does in Ireland, both mostly, is to uh, advertise the fact that uh, he is the... Uh, the public face of Guy Dogs for the Blind. A brilliant thing to be and a brilliant thing. Um, and so he's on there with a tiny Labrador puppy. Now, even Ro- surely Roy Keane will not look menacing if he's armed only with a oh, tiny Labrador well. puppy. Sorry. I, it looked like he was going to eat the dog at one <laughs> stage, right? And now he's trying his best, Roy, to be nice to Dara. So he's got a child with a lovely letter from Jurgen Klopp. He's got a Labrador puppy, and still people are shaking with fear in the audience. Mm-hmm. He, he's, become a, he's become more of Roy Keane than ever before, but he's obviously given up on the management thing now, so he's lacerating people um, on television, and I think he forgets sometimes to get it out of character and get back into nice Roy, who walks trigger, his old dog, and all the rest of it. But no, it was a fantastic scene. Heroes of the week, then. Jared Bowen, Wilfred Zaha, Scalotto for his yellow card for grigging Wilfred Zaha and mocking him from the sideline, or an 11 year old who had the temerity to write to Jurgen no. Klopp. Oh, can you uh, believe that Kelly has pulled out small children oh, yeah, and, and puppy cute dogs, dogs, puppy dogs to go. try and win himself a category? Here we go. Yeah. But I think he's done it. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think, he got, I think yeah. he's nailed it. You've got to give I'm it to so low. Have I got the boy's full name here? He's just, he's just called Dara, isn't he? I think they were low to give out his whole name. Just write him a nice letter or send him a dog down. Incidentally, since the original letter, Liverpool did lose to Atletico Madrid. So Dara may have as much power as I have. He's got magic. Over maybe, Arteta. maybe Jurgen Klopp is such a nice man that he's going to lose every single Premier League left to go and still win the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, well, we have, would, we have Watford. The boys, the boys are magicians. Yes, it is. He's very, there very good go. indeed. Listen, you two, thank you very much for the last uh, 45 or so minutes um, here at the Game Day podcast. Thank you all for listening, downloading it, and all the rest. Don't forget as well, you can download the appendix to this in a couple of days' time where we do as much information and comedy, but in 15 minutes. It's sickeningly rich content. You want to download that as well. We're very glad to have you along for the podcast, the appendix, or both. See you next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.